becoming your own boss appears to be good for your health. And a very special business birthday. This is the Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. <laughs> and learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. There's lots of good little nuggets. Hey, welcome to the Focus Group. John and I now have a new game with our cold open, Who Can Make the Other Laugh? He Made Me Laugh, right at the very end, when I did the very special business birthday. Mm -hmm. We do have a very special business birthday today. But uh, other than that, John and I have what I call my favorite show, and John confided to me at lunch that it may be his as well, a guestless show. Yeah. Other than people who may call in, if you want to give us a call, John, I can't read the number. Do you want to say it? Yeah, it's 877-962-6846. And when you call in, if you want to join the conversation, you'll get to speak to Garrett, who's in the booth, along with John. Gentlemen, thank you. Garrett's actually in the studio right here, but he'll be back in the booth in a second. We're back from Virginia. These guys, well, I was telling these guys about our trip. John and Garrett bring the show to us and to you guys every week. So thank you, John and Garrett. Garrett's audio, John is video. I was telling them about our trip to Herndon, our 16 to 18 hour day. We were down shooting video at VW, and when you're not in studio, everything's different. <laughs> yeah, everything's different. Sound is different, the video's different, everything's different. We get lots of compliments. You and I happen to both wear blue blazers. Blue blazers, yeah. Yours from Peter Millar, and mm -hmm. uh, look quite good. And uh, we both happen to have checkered shirts on, which was interesting. It, yep. But the one thing about the trip that I loved is I've heard Chris Matthews from Hardball or from MSNBC talk about the hamburger on Amtrak. Yeah. So it was, John and I had missed a train. We missed a couple trains. And so by the time we got on the train heading north, I said, you know, John, we were both hungry. And John's a lot more cautious on his food eating than I am, obviously. But I said, you know, Chris Matthews says that the hamburger on Amtrak's not bad. bad. So John goes, let's get that in a beer. <laughs> So I don't think we did the beer. I said I won't get a beer because, but we got a, a gin canned and cocktail. Canned a cocktail, can. gin and tonic. And John and I sat, and uh, quite frankly, it's it's not the best burger, but it's not bad. Actually, the burger was fine. Fine I have burger. No problem with the burger. We if were you're on the Northeast Regional anywhere, and you want want something to eat around dinner or lunchtime. Try the burger. The funny thing about our commute home that day, it was a 16 or 18 hour day, a long and, day. and we did indeed. Uh, we ran over on taping down at, at VW, and everybody, all the staff and the employees we worked with were fantastic. And we were in their showroom, which is flooded with light. We, we get a car service to everybody. A friend of Tim's down at Rehoboth said, if you're going to be out in Herndon, you want to not deal with rush hour traffic. You want to take the, the metro back. And I love right. trains and subways. So we take the metro is actually extremely efficient. Um, when we got there. When we got, <laughs> when we got to the station. Yeah. So we're trying to get we're trying to switch our trains on the train and we kept coming in and out of uh, Verizon service. And at one point, Tim is stabbing the iPad. It's locked up, and it, the, the bars go up to four, down to nothing. You wonder why people complain about our infrastructure. The fact yeah. that you are in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and you can't get cell service. It's spotty. Or, it was spotty. At best. Well, and at one point, we were, we were close to hitting the button to change the train, and then we go in a tunnel. It went off. And then, then Jim just throws up his hands, and he literally just puts the iPad in a bag, and he goes, that's it, that's it. We're going to get screwed at the counter. We ended up going to the counter, and I don't think, we, you and I, you did something I was most amazed by and wow. quite pleased. 
So we thought we were going to get an Acela. Right. So Tim, there's no one in the Acela line. There's like six people in the normal line. And Tim goes, we're Acela, we're Acela. <laughs> and you, and you walk right up to the counter. And the guy starts clacking away. And he goes, it will be faster if your friend goes to the other guy. So I, we ended up cutting the line. Yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. I do that at the airports, too, that I go to the first class line. Because I might get first class. If you have it, I want it. <laughs> and so, and if I want, and if there was an Acela, I would have taken it. But we couldn't get on one. I marveled at it, because it's tap, 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 tap. Yeah, I wasn't the, waiting in that line. Suddenly the tickets are across the counter, and he goes, you have five minutes to get to your gate. We literally sat in the last seat of the last car yeah. of the train, which was the business class. We had way to get business class tickets. Then we got the, and the burger that Tim was mentioning before, they, it's packaged in, in a special bag, and they throw it in a microwave, and it blows up, and it heats. And then you got to open that bag. you got to eat it while it's hot. You don't want to let it sit around and congeal. And then it's not like you get lettuce, tomato, onion, or anything. I mean, it's a, But as Chris Matthews said, it was edible, so I enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, so we had a nice little trip on the train. And then, um, so we had last week's show, which was an out and equal special, but... I've been consumed all week with my little dog, Spike, who's itching like crazy. Mm. And I'm a little concerned about him. And I, people were telling me that I guess there's lots of allergies going on with dogs now, although he, he, he always gets them in the fall. But this is particularly bad, and I, he's scratched himself raw, so I need to figure out uh, a vet thing for little Spikey. But I should pick, post a picture of Spike. I should bring him in one day and have him sit here on I the desk. I love Spike. You love Spike. You're like a little cat. Yeah, well, he, he, he wants... Spike's a 17-year-old chihuahua. And he's, he was raised in a cat room, yeah. so he acts like a cat. Well, he acts like a bigger dog than he is, actually. Yeah, and he's got this look of fear in his face now, but I told you I was concerned, so I'm concerned. I'm going to send... Po please send positive vibes to my little Spikey. We have a call, John, from Texas, which Christian. is our number one state for our listeners, and it's Christian in Texas. Thanks for calling the Focus Group. Thank you. I'm a first-time caller. Yes, I, um, I am not a smoker, and uh, but I, uh, I like most Americans, I am sick and tired of this five-decade, narrow-minded, puritanical, sanctimonious, double-standard American mainstream media war on tobacco smoking and cigarettes. In 1970, when Congress banned cigarette commercials from TV and radio, uh, the First Amendment was violated. First Amendment of the Constitution was violated, and the mainstream media has condoned it ever since. Prior to 1970 and 1965, the government uh, banned the way the tobacco companies could advertise. They could no longer use Hollywood celebrities in their advertising. They could no longer use sports celebrities in their advertising. That was also unconstitutional. Um, you know, it's it just that you know, there's no reason why things shouldn't be the way they were in the 70s and 60s. Um, so you, you, know, want, you, want, you want there to be a, uh, you want to go back to advertising tobacco products. And as well, well. I actually, yes. and actually, Christian, you want the consumer to be able to make the choice. Yes. Yeah, you know, there was an article this week that I think 60 Minutes is going to also air. It's about the e-cigarettes and how those are now coming under federal um, guidelines because, again, there's this belief that the tobacco industry is evil, et cetera, et cetera. But one guy, one guy from one of the tobacco companies said, he goes, mankind has been smoking something, tobacco, whatever, right. since the dawn of time. <laughs> so if nobody had a problem with it back in the, in the ages. Well, we, you know, Christian, we talked about this a week or two ago when we were talking about Camel Joe. 
right. and how if, if if there's any hint that that shows up around kids, it it it's, could be can't a be cartoony. Yeah, can't right. be cartoony. So yeah, it's like the nan. I think that what you're getting at is the nanny state, right? Because the next thing was sugar sodas. Yeah. Well, that. Uh, Have you listened to us before, sodas. Christian? I'm sorry. Have you listened to the show before? I've heard it. I heard a show on YouTube once. That's how I got the phone number. Okay. Uh, no, I've never really. I've never been. I have no way of listening to the show regularly. I'm sorry, but uh, I got to say something else. You know, ever since the Roaring Twenties, fortunately, most Hollywood actresses have taken up smoking, and today they they tell the media that they're quitting smoking or that they've stopped. They only tell the media that to get them off their backs. <laughs> They do, and there's no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, the tobacco industry executives, they are no more killers and murderers than executives in the alcohol industry or the fast food industry or the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, also, whenever someone asks an anti-smoking wacko, why are you spending all these years going after tobacco and cigarettes only? And they always get the same stupid answer. Well, because cigarettes kill more people than alcohol and uh, drunk drivers and illegal drugs combined. What does that mean? Alcohol doesn't kill enough people? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's Christian. Not, not enough women and children get yeah. killed by drunk drivers on our nation's highways every year? All kind of extremely well-made points, by the way. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, and I agree with you. The Hey, Tim and I are in marketing and advertising. We encountered this stuff all the time in our career, the do's and do nots. And there was when you ever raised your hand and asked a question, why? you invariably got, well, because fill in the blank, you know, government says this. Well, John and I did a cartoon once, and the one of the characters smoked, and we were told we had to get rid of the cigarette, remember? That was the well, first thing the person said. Yeah. See, well, the mainstream media in this country, they continue to say that, you know, they support free speech, they support First Amendment. Well, when it comes to advertising for all the, everything else is highly addictive and deadly, yeah, but when it comes to cigarettes, they don't have a problem with censorship. Well, you're right. Well, listen, we thank you for calling. We're libertarians here. As John says, if you want to <laughs> smoke, you, sh you should go ahead and smoke. So yeah. thanks for calling, and be sure to try to find us. We're free. We're on all platforms, so you should be able to locate us either on YouTube or on, you. on Facebook. So thank you, Christian. Calling, Christian. Great points. I, it reminded me of when we did do the commercial and we had the cigarette, and they said that might be a little dodgy to have. have yeah, Tim and I, what Tim's referring to is, I think I don't even know if it's still up, but we, we have a ca cartoon was character called Franny B, maybe on Vimeo. It's called Franny B. And Tim was the voice of the character, and it's based on all these. It's a, a conglomeration of characters we knew growing up, and she smoked. But the per, the guy that looked at it, and oh, that cigarette's got to go. But we were like, wait a minute, that's part of the character. Anyway, hey, did you upgrade the new the, the new Apple? No, system? you always tell me not to, but I keep getting badgered. Has anybody updated, and what's your success no, been? No, I. If, you, if you've updated, let us know. Do you boys update? Oh, oh yeah, wait, see, there John, it is. there it is. She got her cigarette. That's Tim's voice. Is that on? This is you. Is this on uh, on Vimeo? Uh, I'm an uptown girl with a decidedly downtown feel. <laughs> I was over at the Bonwit Teller at the going out of business sale because I like, like Bonwit. And uh, these two swanky gals got on the elevator, both stunk like French whores. And uh, they're looking at each other and they're looking at me. This is an old Of course, I have yeah, my fur old. on with 70 degrees, but people treat you different when you wear fur. <laughs> so one says to the other, You smell so pretty. What do you have on? Chanel, $200 an ounce. The other one says, ooh, I got on Gucci, $350 an ounce. So, of course, when the elevator stopped, I got off and gave my own little Hawaiian serenade. <laughs> Broccoli, 99 cents a pound. <laughs> 
I know that, that we so might have old. been some of the only people who still laugh at this, but that goes... Where did you find that? I've tried finding it, but where did you guys find that? It was in the TriCaster. We must have played it on an earlier episode, <laughs> and I never delete anything, so I remember... I was laughing about the one you... God, you don't great. have to play it, but there's one with the Kosovo flat, because I was doing something you know, John, about Yugoslavia, and we did this whole thing about, the, about Kosovo and the breakup and the Kosovo War, and we were told that it was way too smart. Yeah, for, and people actually believed what she was saying because it was a history. John, I lesson. now know, John. I, I you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find those the rest of those, and those are going to be. We'll go to break, and we'll have some Franny. They're probably parts 20 years old. Well, they're from 98. 2000. No, it was 98. No, no. It was a. Uh, it was 2002, 2003, roughly. Wow. But yeah, so some of them we couldn't play. We'd be oh boy, we'd be taken <laughs> off the air. It's too politically incorrect. Oh my God, that's yeah. So Franny was that's Tim, and we were shown we showed that to a producer in Hollywood, and he just sat there. He goes, guys, I love her to death, and people in this part of the country, this little part of the country over here, they're gonna Boston love her too. To Boston to DC. He goes, we're at the Ivy. We thought we were something. We were gonna sell the show. We were on our way to sell Infinity the Franny pools and and parties with boys. Took, and, dude yeah. took his glasses off after he looked at the screen. Boys, listen. Yeah. First, you got to get rid of the cigarette. <laughs> like that's the whole character, but and of course, I didn't do the animate. That was that was what propelled Way me on. When. That's propelled me on the path to animation because I had wanted to animate that character. Anyhow, so are you telling me not to upgrade on Apple? What is it? It's like twelve point zero or iOS twelve point one. I I'm going to wait for a while. I see no. I, I have. I prefer to back up the phone first, or back up the iPad, then let it upgrade in case anything happens. The data is safe. Are you guys Apple? Did you upgrade? Oops. <laughs> I am, but uh, I always wait too, John. Oh, yeah. so see, you best too. To wait. Gary and I yeah. just hit the gooch. Well, the, they badger you to the point where yeah. they want you to say okay, and you can you could just say you have to delete the down. There's a whole you have to do things to get around Apple, but. I'm mad about uh, Gmail changing to the new format with a new, the little yeah. pink thing. And it mm -hmm. used to let you go back to Classic, but I can't anymore. I've, I've gone back to Classic so much they've stopped me. <laughs> so I don't have the option anymore. And a lot of people are complaining about that. Oh, my God. Why don't people just leave these things alone? I have a friend who I'm going to see this weekend named Alex. He's coming up to the house with his, his boyfriend, Tyler. And you think that since they're younger, like the, Alex and Tyler are like 28, 29, I, I assumed that they were obsessed with the newest, the latest, and the greatest. But guess what? They, they their iPhones may be older than the Hills. They were they, they don't like the idea of upgrading and spending all this money. So I get the feeling that there are a whole bunches of people that is like just make it work and let's not worry about it, right? You know, it's like my mother had a black dial phone for years and she still have it if they didn't force if they still can if it they works. still let you have the dial. Those those phones. We grew up in an age of the rotary phone, and the rotary phone was extremely hard to win radio contests on. I was just going to say, and you would you'd get it all the way, and then the you would hold the last one until it said, third caller, and you'd hope like hell you're the third caller in. But And then you have to redial the whole thing. And we begged for the princess phone. We begged for that push button thing because we got it so late. What color did you get, pink? It was beige. Phone come. It was bell beige. Avocado. Yeah, there was the avocado one. They only had like five. There was a red phone that was very rare. That was hard to find. But yeah, that that's what replaced the rotary. And then you would beep 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 beep. And then you know. So there you go. What caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Well, in the vein of politically correct and people forcing political correctness on everything, like what we kicked off the show with with Christian, not the same kind of idea, but. 
A hotel in um, Brisbane, Australia, uh, has been forced to apologize for a sexist ad of a couple enjoying breakfast in bed. I looked at this. Sexist ad? Why? All right, so uh, if you're listening on um, SoundCloud or iTunes, I'll describe it. There's a, a couple in bed. They're wearing, like, terry cloth robes. He's reading a paper. She's reading a magazine. They're looking at each other. In between them is, like, a tray of croissants and then some fruit. And it simply says something about having breakfast. A tray of what? There's a tray of fruit next to her, and then there's a croissant. Croissant. I want to say that again. Croissant. You just did. You're like so gay. You're like when you, and on the Adams family when he used to have, when Morticia used to say something French, she would go crazy. And muffins and fruit. <laughs> All right. They got, there's a bagel, a muffin, and some fruit. All right. Does he say I'm getting a slice of pizza? It's <laughs> <laughs> a burrito. Thank you, Garrett. So. They're lounging out in their bathrobes with selections of bread and fruit. Okay. <laughs> and other baked goods. There we go. On display. The couples, awesome. the couples stare lovingly into one another's eyes, but it's their reading material that has social media fired up. A closer look reveals the woman is halfway through a Chanel coffee table books, just yeah. like a book on Chanel. And the man is reading the financial review. Uh, Elizabeth Redman, a reporter at The Australian, called out the Brisbane Hotel on Twitter, writing, quote, Your breakfast looks delicious. Just wanted to let you know I'm a woman and I also read the financial review every day. Of course, the fruit platter is on her side. She'd be loath to touch the baked goods. Another, another suggested the ad looked as if... That. Another suggested that the ad came right straight out of Mad Men. And Sophie Tell Brisbane, which is who ran the ad, uh, responded to Ms. Redman saying, and everybody else saying, ensuring, or ensuring that they were never meant to cause offense. And the create, and here's the part that kills me: the creative responsible for the ad, meaning the creative director, whoever, has been removed from future campaigns. So here, here we go again with with someone who staged a photo shoot. There was a stylist that you know that, that had to be arranged. Someone actually lost or has been moved to a different account because the guy's reading the Financial Times and the girls, the woman is reading a book, a coffee table book on Chanel. And if it was reversed and the woman was reading the Financial Times and the guy was reading the book, then there would have been complaints the other way. Yeah, like why is he reading the Chanel is he book? That? Is he gay? She together. <laughs> so. Interestingly, there was an equally large backlash on Twitter and social media saying to the hotel, don't cave into this. Okay, good. If this, this one guy says, if this is all you have to worry your mind about, then you are a very lucky person indeed. <laughs> if all you're worried about is, let's critique that ad. Why are people getting so offended by such silly things? It's just a picture. Why waste your time getting so worked up? This world is crazy. And then it finished with this guy just saying, give it a spell. It's an ad. <laughs> it's an ad. You know, it's an ad, for God's sake. Which so, goes back to what John and I did in LGBT marketing many, many moons ago. We got rid of people. No people. Because you can't satisfy anyone. Nope. So we got rid of people. So it's like, it's like you know, when you're a kid. And your mother keeps telling you to stop doing something with a toy or something. And so you don't stop. And then everything, all toys are taken away. So no people, no toys, no couple in bed. You know, if that, if that picture had had no people in it, but maybe two bathrobes and some stuff, you know, someone would have gotten upset that they were implying that they were somewhere having sex in the room, but not in the bed. Maybe they're in the getting a shower. <laughs> Together. Left their croissant. 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 Bonjour. Ça va. You Ça love, va bien. You love to pronounce French words. And to try to pronounce them because when I was in, oh, last good. time I was in France, someone actually in perfect English says, oh, you know, you have, oh, your French is delightful. <laughs> le, le col, what did she say? Uh, L'école française. And I said, school French? She goes, school French. <laughs> what they teach you in the school. 
It's very good. At least she didn't accuse you of being Quebecois. <laughs> Quebec no, I French. Never, I never is, come off as right? Quebecois. Yeah. All that guttural French. Jeez. Well, so that was some. Well, I, where'd you find that, by the way? Do you remember? Um, BuzzFeed or something? It was Wired. an ad age, or um, it might have been BuzzFeed, actually. But it just literally, I found it yesterday before I was putting the deck together. And I just stared at it thinking, here we go again. Like, you have all this time to. Yeah. Crazy. Mine is a bit different, and it's about uh, something that happens this season. The headline was Drunk Birds in Minnesota. <laughs> I saw this in the deck, and I was very, very puzzled. So go so on. They fall out of trees, they fly into windows, they stumble along branches and wobble their small feathered bodies as if they've had one too many drinks. So the birds, this is uh, in Gilbert, Minnesota, which is a town of about 1800 in northeastern Minnesota. The police chief had to send out a lighthearted notice to residents this week informing them that there was no need to call the police on the local birds that appeared to be inebriated. So what happens is after the first frost and a lot of the berries and the trees, the, the berries will begin to ferment and then it becomes like alcohol. So the birds still eat them. So there was an early frost in Minnesota, up northern Minnesota, near the Canadian border. And the birds have been eating these berries, and they think that they've been intoxicated. And the way they can figure it out is the birds will typically run away when you get near them or fly away when you get near them. And these birds are just kind of, eh. Some of them have been hit by cars in the streets. Um, so they truly are drunk. So, and so or, or flying into windows, flying into doors, and they just think they're being they're incapacitated, I guess is a good word. Some people are skeptical of it. They think it might just be the huge migration this year of birds and that there's just so many more of them that there appears to be more birds that are, are getting killed or that are flying into windows. But a lot of people aren't so sure. Laura Erickson, of course, right at a stencil casting Erickson out of Minnesota, bird expert in Duluth. <laughs> of course it was Duluth, right? It has to be Duluth. It's quite possible that a small number of the robins in particular have gotten themselves inebriated on the berries because they uh, they're typically require a longer period of cold weather to ferment, and the robins are fleeing, quote, helter-skelter after spotting hawks. So they're getting a bite to eat and taking off, and they're drunk. So they did. somebody then, of course, went in and did a whole study on this and found that this has happened in Ohio and a number of other places. They said drunken birds are certainly a real phenomena. And uh, the yellow-bellied sapsucker in Ohio appears to be the one that's getting drunk. They're drinking fermented tree sap. Whoa. <laughs> they call it fermentation toxicity. And they said it's very common in the late winter or early spring when the thawing promotes the berries' yeast fermentation of the sugars of the fruit. And then the birds eat it and they get drunk. But they said the, uh, the impression that all our birds are flying around town hammered is not the case. Wait, wait. <laughs> the, all, the, all our birds it's are... It's gotten blown out of proportion, according to Ms. Erickson. <laughs> it sounds like every bird in our town's hammered, and that's not the case. <laughs> well, why she would care whether or not the birds are hammered is anybody's guess. But, but I thought that was funny only because I, when I was in college, which I'm missing my college's homecoming this weekend, by the way, John Nash. I was going to wear my Marietta You should have worn Marietta, and, I, and I, I, didn't. You, I guess you have previous commitments. You can't. I had previous commitments. But I did. I, I had back surgery. But I did think of this because we weren't allowed to drink. And well, uh, you were a rower. You were a rower. So, we, so your coach said no drinking. no drinking. But our coach owned an apple orchard. Ah. And he had the refrigerator stocked with apple juice all the time. But what he didn't pay attention to was he would put it in the beginning of the season. And toward this time of year or toward Thanksgiving, before break, it all fermented. It was all booze. Cider. 
Cider. So we would, after you rode, you were able to get a little jug of cider or drink cider. So I never understood why all these kids were drinking cider after rowing. They're like, have you had any of Ralph's cider? <laughs> you had no idea this stuff had all gone to booze. And we were okay to drink that. So they would all guzzle it down before we go to the dining hall. Are you serious? Hall. Yeah. So they would drink this Applejack before it? we go to the dining hall. Yeah. It was really as potent. He had no as, idea. He thought we were just drinking Was it as potent as like having like a an, Like a cider. Yeah, like a cider. Um, yeah, because if you glug, 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 think of you glugged a uh-huh. glugged a cider that comes oh in the ground or something. That is that is so funny. And I do believe that these birds are, I think the berry theory and the fermentation thing is accurate. Because think about this. How often does a bird ever hit your house? Maybe a screen, yeah. if it's a certain, but they are so good at what, what they do, they fly, right? That that's so rare. Yeah. That if they're doing this, there must be something causing it. Well, and they had all those pictures. I Googled it, and apparently everybody. I got this. I pulled this story out of the Washington Post, but it hit the New York Times. It's in USA Today. It was in a bunch of the the big papers about the the drunken birds in Minnesota. But I never thought of it. But I guess you would if you ate the berries. Right? <laughs> so hey, hey! Before I uh, forget, we want to remind everybody to uh, download Unbuttoned. On Tuesdays. Oh, okay. Our uh, our other TFG unbuttoned. TFG unbuttoned. Our twenty minute podcast. Three topics usually, and it's uh, boom, boom, boom. It's Tim, me and Tim. A little different than this. It's news, news, but it's our kind of news. I was trying to think what we did this week. We did a couple good stories. <laughs> now you're sounding like Dick Cavett. We interviewed Dick Cavett years ago, and he always tells a story of how he'd go home after his show, and the doorman would say to him, Mr. Cavett, how was the show? The show was fantastic. Who'd you have on? I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> but he could tell you who he had on the next, the coming weeks. So there you go. I've got that when I've gone back through our library of old shows, and I'm looking like, that sounds like an interesting guest. Oh, they were on for 45 minutes. I was, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I, we obviously talked to them. <laughs> Business birthday today is a real dandy. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. I can't believe after 10 years, finally, the show has fallen on this birthday. It's, it's October 10th. So 10-10-67, our friend Brian Roman from Admark 360, who's a big fan of the show, obviously, he, he brings us the LGBT uh, business spotlight, but he's also been our our purveyor or supplier, supplier and purveyor. Purveyor, and he I suggests guess. things of socks and USB sticks and anything we need done. Our shirts, backdrops, That's right. boom, boom, boom. So Brian has been the founder and and president of Admark 360. And if you are looking for any sort of promotional items, particularly this time of year, when people either are trying to spend year end budget and or get things ready for the holidays and and looking for a, a corporate gift or that sort of thing. Brian's a great resource for that, so it's admark360.com. But it's his birthday today, and I was laughing, and I think he always says to me, I didn't tell him we were going to do his birthday. <laughs> but I was supposed to have dinner with him tonight with some friends, and so... By the way, Brian was our 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 trusty companion on the Pennsylvania ice cream trail. He, he your helped, scoops. Pursue your scoops. He helped sample all the ice cream. And my favorite moment, and this, there, this was a three-timer, Often Brian sat in front, and I did all the driving because uh, I was I had my car and, and everybody else was okay with it. But Brian would say once, have you ever tried the navigation system built into the car? Because I had my phone plugged in, and it was down in that little area where the cups are. And Brian was, you and apparently you guys were really, really observant of how often I looked down. Well, because you're crazy. <laughs> Why you look at your phone so much? If you say we've got to go on route 
84 for 20 miles. miles. Why were you looking at your phone? So Brian, about, I don't know, maybe it was four hours into the... Then is hey, have you ever tried the navigation system on the car? And finally... I cave in on the third thing. Have you ever, you should try it. So Tim, then you chime in, hey, you know, all you have to do is type in. Type in the address. And boom. And the minute the car took over, meaning the car went, and Brian says, okay, the car is going to give you a quarter mile heads up or something. In a quarter mile, turn right on route, whatever. Brian and Tim immediately zoned out. Brian took his laptop out. He was doing some work for Admark 360. You're in the back reading. Everybody was relaxed. Having a look. Oh, I got to make a turn. <laughs> so anyway, happy birthday, Brian. What's what's Brian up so, to? So Brian is 51 today. As I said, he's founder and president of Admark 360 for over 20 years. He's a Drexel University grad. I won't hold that against him. I always said he had more degrees than a thermometer. I think he's got a <laughs> master's and an MBA. And um, he's also, he was an adjunct marketing professor. Uh, or instructor. He's a member of the Malta Boat Club along with me. And I think I showed a couple, there were a couple pictures. There's Brian and I. Ah, uh, yeah. Back in the day when we were back in the day. And uh, <laughs> there's my Me Too moment, I thought, up there on the right. But um, so that, Brian and I rowing, that's me in the bow on one of them and me in the stern in the other. Those are probably eh, 15 years ago. My God. Look at, look at your arms. Look at those guns, man. Yeah, back in the day. Wow. Yeah, if I could do that again. Well, you know, I got a bad name. So uh, <laughs> then there's a picture up in the upper right of us. And I had just flown back from Japan to go row, row in a race with Brian. And you can look at Brian's face. That's our friend Kate there. But Brian looks like he's well on his way to beautiful there, right? And we had a big race the next day. And I ended up leaving him. And uh, How'd you do in the race? He had a little too much imbibing. And uh, it was actually one of our best races ever. Isn't Which that funny even, when that happens? Even at the starting line when we came up and they said, in Malta Boat Club, number 53. And he's like, oh, my gosh. The starter is that Brian Roman in that boat? He goes, I am shocked to see you out here this morning. As it did it through the megaphone. Oh, all through the I am shocked oh, to see you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, I'll get, so anyway, and Brian does um, volunteer work for the Kerr Cup, which is a Drexel University rowing thing. He's one of the founders of Masters Rowing Association, which was a rowing association for Masters rowers, people over 27. And then the one thing that he did that I've always um, really admired is he started this group or he's a group of people that started this thing called the Athlete Health Organization. And it's a nonprofit and it's, it's for volunteer, it volunteers, doctors and healthcare workers that provide free and comprehensive health screenings to underprivileged kids and athletes that want to participate in sports. So in Philadelphia, many kids, and I've been to this, it'll break your heart. I've been to this event that he puts on with this group of um, volunteers in Philly, and there's thousands of kids, hundreds, a couple thousand kids that come through. Some of them, you know, 11, 12, they've never, ever seen a doctor. And there are kids that have come through that want to play baseball or want to play basketball or wrestle or whatever. And these kids, for a lot of them, for the first time, are getting a checkup. Getting, for the very first yeah. time, seeing a doctor. And the things that people have found, they found heart murmurs. They found things that could have saved these kids' lives. And it really is. It, it brings a tear to your eye. And Brian's done this for, for many years. And I think it's a, a really great thing he gives, he gives back to, uh, to sporting in general. Over the years, they've done over 7,000 free screenings. Wow. They're trying to take it nationwide, but looking like everybody for sponsors for it. He makes a great Manhattan, a good burger on the grill. He competes with Rich to make a good soup. <laughs> 
<laughs> he competes with Rich. Guess who his favorite? Guess who his soup. favorite singer is? John. It's one of your favorite ones that you like to make fun of, which I love. Share. Share. Brian Cher. loves share. If Brian had one album, it'd be a share album. Do you believe? You must have heard he likes that. Likes the old stuff. Oh, okay. You know, that it's tramp. love. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. He has a great garden. Can grow a good tomato. Likes to do it yourself projects, but he could be reckless. I would say that he's <laughs> the um, reckless part. We should hit. We could be very yeah. reckless. Okay, but um, he he also he also I think if he didn't do what he was doing, he would be a um, he would do something with dogs. He is great with dogs. I've never seen anybody so good with dogs. And the other thing he has a he has a mission. He wants to sail around the world. He mentioned it to me one time when I first met him. I said, "Have fun." I have no desire. Imagine getting a little boat and sailing around the world. People do it. People do it. I would you I, do it? No, because you're more of an adventurer than I am. Because somewhere between somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Pacific. or the Pacific, or going around the Cape Cape Horn or Cape Fear, whatever the bottom of uh, trouble. Yeah. I mean, some some really good uh, Magellan past sailors have had trouble. So a little dinghy and a sail. Eh, yeah. Reckless Brian, let's go through. Happy birthday, Brian. Happy birthday, Brian. Great business birthday. So many of you know that uh, our partner here on the Focus Group, one of our partners, is Deep Discount. And uh, we pick a selection each each week to go through based upon the sale. And if you go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo, as you can see it here if you're watching on our video. Did you bring the shark today? I didn't bring the puppet, but I have the voice. Arr, the bring the shark. puppet. Lauren's going to visit us. From I'm gonna, the, puppet's gotta gotta the, puppet. the puppet has to be... More of a guest spontaneous guest appearance. Comes if, if people expect the puppet all the time, it's going to be old hat. So, yeah. I almost think the puppet could be smiling. like Mean Mean. <laughs> Do you remember the gong show with Mean Gene, the dancing machine? I yeah. used to love when he came on, but not every show. And then there was the unknown, the guy with the paper the bag. Yeah. Right. And you're right, Gene Gene, the dancing machine. machine. That's who it was. So, uh, so go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the logo. The sale this month is Blu-rays under $15. Ooh, that was a big sale. So, so John, you picked. Uh, what I did picked. You pick? I picked one for you. I picked a movie that I'm going to be. Oh, hey! Oh guys. my gosh, where'd you get that? I love the explosion and the shark. Oh. If you happen to be watching, buy a deep discount. <laughs> Nicely done, John. That's great. See, this is why these, these guys are fantastic. Um, so, the movie that I picked. Uh, is actually picked so that I could watch it, then give it to Tim, because Tim is obsessed with this guy. Uh-oh. So the movie's called The Unknown Known. And oh, it's, I know who this is. And it's a biograph- It's a documentary about Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> There's the knowns, and then there are the knowns that are unknown, and the unknown knowns that are known. Like, I love the picture of him with that craggy smile, and I love your story. You, go tell the story of how he was being berated. and you know oh, With Hillary Clinton? Yeah. You can watch it on YouTube, but there's a clip where Hillary Clinton was senator. And she was going at the Bush administration for getting us involved, rightfully so, wrongly in the Iraq war. And Rumsfeld is sitting there with his hand down like this, and he's looking at his notes, and she is going on. And it was for three or four minutes. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. And she's going on and on. And then she stops. And he's sitting there like this. There's silence. There's silence. And she's like, Mr. Secretary, Mr. Secretary. And he goes, my goodness. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know where to start. And the other one that you told me was there is a famous scene where he was asked, or of an event that took place, maybe it's urban legend, he was asked about North Korea, and he points behind his desk to a picture of what looks like a map, and there's this whole black area except with one little white spot. And he said, I'm not worried about that. And that was North Korea at night because they had no electricity. No electricity, right. 
So uh, it's called The Unknown Known. It's a mesmerizing portrait of Donald Rumsfeld. I'm looking forward to ordering it and watching it because the guy that did this documentary also did a famous documentary called The Fog of War about Bob McNamara, um, and that was done in 2003. So I'm assuming it's going to have that same kind of good reporting and good clips. I'll pass it along after I buy it and watch it. So what did you pick? You know, there's a funny thing about him, though. I, I, when I was shocked about this. I flew... After they were out of office, and, and I was on an airline flight, and he got on the plane and set an economy. We were flying, sure. I think, to either Chicago or something out of Philly. But I thought, I don't know, I had this expectation, here's this defense secretary and this person at the top of I government. I think he comes from that. I had this expectation that he would either be on still on a private plane, or I thought, here you are, flying coach with me on your way to Chicago. I would have tried to sit next to him. And... Well, he was in he was in this window seat. Okay, but, yeah, I didn't sit next to him. <laughs> now, what'd you pick? I picked sideways. Is this the wine? Um... Which is um, has Paul Giamatti oh, and I Thomas Thomas Hayden Church, and they're two buddies from from uh, from childhood days. And and Paul Giamatti plays a struggling writer, Miles, and uh, Church plays a former soap opera star. That's um, kind of seen better days. The people still recognize him, but not really. So now he just does some voiceover work, and um, he's going to get married. So they decide to go up to wine country, and Paul Giamatti thinks they're just going to go play some golf, have some fun. But this guy has in mind that he wants to have one last fling before he gets married. And they're both in their 40s. Typical what happens in any of these things, when I mention homecoming or any of you that get together with old friends, people fall back into their old, old habits. patterns. So this movie. movie to me was somewhat uncomfortable because I saw a lot of either myself or some other friends in it. But it really is a great um, slice of life movie. It's, it's labeled as a black comedy. It came out in 2004. It actually won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay and also nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor and Actress. And the funny thing about it, it did huge wonders for the wine tourism business in, in Northern California. But it also hurt it because they, they make fun of Merlot in the movie. <laughs> and it killed Merlot sales in the United States and Britain, they said, to the loss of over a decade of over $400 million, they think. Wow. Because they said, don't drink Merlot. Merlot was swell. Uh, swell. swell. But they kept promoting Pinot, and they said Pinot sales did go up 16% over the, over the years. So it, uh, it's a fun movie to get. I think you should uh, consider and add it to your collection. You turn it's me like, on to it. Uh, like the big chill. You turn me on to that stuff. movie, by the way. Um, and I love Sideways. What's the new release? Okay, the new release is an animated movie, 3D animated. It's called Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. So there's three, obviously, in the series. The first one was called Hotel Transylvania. The director is Gendy Tartakovsky. The Hotel Transylvania series is unique because it's not Pixar, it's not Disney, it's not Blue Sky Studios. It has a very interesting look to it. And in fact, the, the director, Gendy, who I just mentioned, was a huge, 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 huge fan of the original stuff we all grew up with, Tex Avery, um, while like, you know, all the Warner Brothers and the Looney Tunes. And so the style of his animation, which is unique to him, he plays off that whole kind of um, frenetic energy where the characters have tiny feet and they, they'll move really fast and they'll pause or they'll look at the camera and they'll do something like uh, Foghorn Leghorn used to right. do that. He used to look right at the camera and say, why did, why did I do this or something? So... 
Um, it's an entertaining movie. The cast is cool. The voice cast is cool. It's got um, Adam Sandler, Selena Gomez, Andy Samberg, Katherine Hahn. So there's a good voice cast. But I've watched the first two strictly because I'm a fan of animation. And I have to tell you, it's fun. I think they do a great job. And uh, it's a good-looking movie. those actors get paid when they do the voiceovers? I would love animation. to. I, I would wonder love if it's just scale or they get paid as who they are, right? Because they, they, they do the voice three years before the movie yeah. comes out. And so they re- videotape them doing it. They have to, then they do the three years after the movie's done. Because they, they do this thing. They record their voices. The movie's made, animated. Then they do the press tour. So it's a, there's a whole package deal. They have to get paid something. But Hotel Transylvania 3. So... To recap, it is the Blu-ray favorites under $15, and I recommended The Unknown Known, a documentary on Donald Rumsfeld. I will watch it and pass to Tim, and then we will laugh together about some of the moments. Tim recommended Sideways, which is a wonderful movie about um, mid- midlife crisis. Two guys go up to California wine country and... Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues. And the release this week is Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. Director is Gendy. Tartakovsky, well-known guy in animation. It's worth it just to watch his style of how he gets things done. So there you go. Focusgroupradio.com. Click on the shark logo. Arr! And what do we say, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount. All right, folks. We're going to come right back after the really quick break, and we have a shop talk about becoming your own boss and how it appears to be good for your health. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Brought to you by the Volkswagen Tiguan. Visit VW.com to learn more. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Becoming your own boss could be good for your health, apparently. Not me. <laughs> Need a knee. Needed a back. Bad. Lose weight. But anyway, John found this article that we love. Welcome back to the Focus Group. And uh, the title was Becoming Your Own Boss Appears to Be Good for Your Health. Yes. And I read this, and before I read it, or before I get my point, I was just going to ask John a question. Yes. So you've been out on your own for quite a while. Since 25 years old, yeah. And you had worked for other companies or whatever, out of school you worked. So do you remember... The first time you went out on your own, and do you think, how were you? In other words, did you feel good about it? Were you scared about it? Was it a necessity? Was it a, because they say there's two different types of people, one that go out on necessity. And the oppor- a necessity or opportunity. And an opportunity. Yeah. So I went first out, time I, you went out, what was the? Opportunity. Okay. And, opportunity. and do you think. And I did, did the right. Adhere to... I did the right. Yes, I do. I agree with many parts of this article. But so the opportunity for me was I was working full time as a typographer, a, a, a career that doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, like anybody have a tea? <laughs> I need a period. I need a period. But it was computer computer based. It was at a magazine called Avenue here in the city. It was delivered by a limousine to rich people on the uh, Upper East Side and Park Avenue. Um. Quite a cast of characters. Judy Price. That's Judy Price. Quite a cast of characters. And it was an interesting job. But two or three years of that, and I was freelancing on the side for a company called TR, TRX. And it there became a point where the money I was making freelancing eclipsed what I was bringing home in my take-home pay. And um, 
you know, what was I, 25. And so you thought if I just freelanced more, I'll just make more money make more and control money. my and, time. You know, and in fact, I did. And I didn't have a better... I didn't do two things, though, that you learn later in life. I didn't control my schedule very well. I worked whenever I had to work. So it was working evenings, working mornings. It's kind of crazy. And I didn't control my spending. I did what a lot of young people do. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Well, but... you should, because it, I was charging things left and right, because I had this impression of credit card debt as one thing, but if I had cash in the bank, it's another. And then I kind of ignored invoicing clients, and I sometimes wouldn't collect money for months, and I sometimes forgot to pay my taxes, <laughs> things like that. So eventually that morphed into my first business relationship and my first ad agency, um, which was more Ryan Nash. Ryan Nash, yeah. But when I was independent, um, I would say that I was, I was, I've always been happy. And I think it was the decision that I made was based on the following. And it's a simplistic, very simplistic point of view. You can get the poison fed to you, the poison being money, right? We all need money to put a roof over our head and food on the table, which are the two primary things you have to be responsible for in this world, right? Clothing on, clothing on your back, food on the table, roof. Everything else is yep. Benny. Um, you could either have it spoon fed to you every two weeks by your, you know, your employer, or you could spoon feed yourself. So I chose spoon feed myself <laughs> and here we are, you know, sometimes like, sometimes you get a big scoop when you're with yourself and sometimes you, you get, get a toothpick. A, sometimes you get nothing. Sometimes yeah. you get nothing. So that's, but I, so the, 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 the thought for you was that you felt from it, cause it doesn't have to be meant, it doesn't have to necessarily be a health, like, oh, I, I feel better it could be a mental thing it doesn't have to be financial health either you and i've talked about this sometimes when you work for yourself and you might not make as much money as you think you're might be or your counterparts on the market but there's a cost for Mm -hmm. some flexibility you may have or lifestyle um you may be able to adhere to differently than if you had to be somewhere nine to five correct so You're, you're, so you would agree with this then? On, on, the, on the whole, I would. I was, so this author broke down people going out on their own and becoming their own boss into two camps, as Tim said earlier. One was necessity and one was opportunity. Necessity is someone who perhaps has been on unemployment. They're in a career switch or a career rut. They can't get going. They can't find the right path. And so they eventually just say, okay, I'm going to throw in the towel on the conventional uh, track for for employment, and I will be my own boss. And interestingly, the results from that are that those people don't necessarily gain. They gain was it they gain in mental health, right? But they don't necessarily gain benefits in physical health. Right. And then the other thing was an opportunity entrepreneur, someone who decides like I did that I was doing something correct somewhere. Maybe I'll keep doing it. And they end up enjoying both physical and mental health improvements, which I thought was kind of interesting because the decision was not made for them. I'm, I'm supposing, I'm, I'm interjecting that thought process, that they made it themselves. It was a positive thinking thing. It's a new business. Um, but no one's ever really done, that's the whole part of this article, is no one's ever really looked at self-employed people um, and, and done a study of whether or not there are detrimental benef- detrimental effects or good good benefits to doing it. So it was, it was, it's a short piece and it was interesting. I think it came from Forbes. Yeah. And it said a lot of it was, it was, as we had mentioned, non-monetary benefit. Right. And, uh, but there was a mental benefit. I, I know for myself when I got, when I was on the rat wheel spinning, uh, <laughs> in the, in the, ham, the, the hamster wheel, wheel in the cage. <laughs> and I remember somebody telling me this many, many years ago when I was a headhunter, even before I got into corporate America. And they said, you know, when you, start getting, it's not regret, but you start 
not looking forward on Monday. Sunday to Monday. And they said it's really bad when you're thinking about it Friday. <laughs> that you're not looking yeah. forward to Monday. That it's time to make some sort of change. And I think for me, I probably should have made the change maybe a little sooner. But things happen for reasons. But um, So I did agree with this as well. I don't have that same sort of... Sundays. I don't have that same Sunday I used to have where I would. And it wasn't regret. It was more dread. dread, Yeah, dread is the better word. The my Sunday is often filled these days with planning for recording TFG Unbuttoned. Yep. You know, and Tim and I exchange notes. And the most, if there's any work on Sunday at all, it's you sending me two or three links saying, "What do you think of these articles? I saw what you liked. Let's pick your two and one of these." And I read them, and I'm ready to roll on Monday. But I don't regret waking up on Monday. But I know what you mean. Um, you know, and I another business t- lesson that I learned from someone who worked. One of my clients actually said to me, because I said to him one day, he was an art director. I said, you know, you could be, you could open a graphic studio. He ended up, he did end up opening his own design studio. Did very well. Sold it to another company. But he sat back one day. He says, you know, the thing is, once you start getting a paycheck, you have to get a paycheck for the rest of your life. And it was the same idea of self-feeding, you know, self-paying yourself for having somebody. But once you're on that treadmill of of the paycheck thing, um, it's the benefits, it's the health care, it's taxes are all taken care of, everything's taken care of. You just have to budget your money. But the truth is, when we started working, when we graduated college, there was a lot more stability. You went to a job for nine or ten years. Maybe not your first job out of college, but many people stuck to a yeah. job. Now you talk to people and uh, recruiters or uh, um, uh, HR people, and the average stint is three or four years. So I say, <laughs> well, particularly in marketing, you know, it, and and that's and we hear from friends all the time who work for companies that, um, you know, they're waiting for something to happen. They heard something bad about sales. Uh, Variety, which is a paper that profiles Hollywood news, uh, they reported on something that I totally didn't think about. So, you know, Disney bought 20th Century Fox. So apparently 20th Century Fox now, everybody is on pins and needles because they're having the people come in to do the redundancy report. Mm. So in Disney, we have you. Over here, we have you guys do the same job. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time. So someone knows they're going to be getting. We need one accounting department. We need one procurement mm-hmm. department. We need one, yeah. And so senior executives are wondering, where, and, and many people are already hitting the doors because they realize that there are not enough jobs to go around to absorb everybody that Disney is going to let go someday probably in the next three or four months because that's part of the merger, right? So I don't know. I look at this and I say, you know, that's... That's, that Susie Orman has a new book out. Really? And I was going to see if we could contact her and maybe have her come on and talk to us. But I, I heard her interviewed and she had said that the biggest thing we all need to fear, and you probably know more about this than me, is artificial intelligence. Yep. She said within the next 20 years, she gave some astronomical number I want to say she said 50% white-collar jobs could be taken away by artificial intelligence. And I didn't quite understand exactly what she meant, but could you enlighten me on that? Do you know what that means? Is it it that if you were Yeah, so AI can take... So certain back office things like financial issues um, can sometimes be automated by systems, but usually there are people that have. So I think back office issues like accounting, invoicing, and paperwork, that's still a human thing. But look at customer service. You take Spectrum or Comcast. I had to call. We Our TV was pixelating last night, and it appears our box is on the fritz. Not so bad, but three-quarters of the call that I was on was was 
artificial intelligence. And the only time I got to the human being was when everything else had not worked and I was on for maybe five minutes to set up an appointment and I'm off. So they probably were able to reduce their call center from three or four people that you would have talked to before you exactly. got to somebody to schedule them. And that's and the AI and the AI program is so good that it sounded like a natural conversation I was having. Tell well, me what's can I going help on. You? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the screen's pixelating. Oh, so you said the screen's pixelating. Well, there are a couple of reasons why that. I mean, it was like. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> this is upgraded. So that's similar than if you called a credit card company mm -hmm. at a bank or you called your insurance company or you called any place where you're looking for customer yep. service, you'll get one of these intuitive systems that guide you through. And that takes jobs away from people. It's like when I go to a grocery store and the whole self-checkout, which I think might be a little different, but I still insist on going to somebody because I think – same here. Someone's getting a job and someone's yeah. getting paid and somebody's showing up to do work and but, I but, want to make sure that they're... That self-checkout thing. Yeah. How many times have you had oh to have God. a human come over and hit fix a button it. to fix it? So, yeah. I think I'm going to take the extra prune. <laughs> or did you put it in the bag? I put it in the bag. Take it out of the but bag. you can't put it in the bag and take it off because then it yeah. stops. Now, you can't load everything up on there unless you put it in the cart. So, I, I wonder if Susie Orman um, talked about the notion that the thing that artificial intelligence can't replace, and we talked about this once on the show before, is the idea stuff. Yeah. Storytelling, creativity, how this, like the, a lot of advertising and marketing falls into that realm. I guess a lot of strategic planning for companies does too. Well, they were saying that the biggest, the company that uses it, do you want to guess who uses it the most, most effectively? They, it's an obvious. Google? No. It's obvious. Amazon. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. And they said particularly for if you went, and this happened to me the other day, if, if you just search something, and this is the scary part about everybody talks about the Internet, right? So if you just start searching something, Amazon collects whatever it collects, uh -huh. and I got a whole – I thought it was – I thought my account was closing at Amazon Prime, but it was essentially, we think these things would be good for you. And it was everything from Turkish pistachios to underwear to a bike to... You had the same experience I did the other day. I was so like, Woo. I was looking for uh, the winter's coming, obviously, and uh, I was dreading my training program for my bike, which is the last five years I have these things called rollers that you set up, and it's for balance and cadence, but it's... Boring. It's deathly boring. Um, and uh, my bike mechanic upstate, this guy Ron, says to me, hey, have you tried the Wahoo Kicker? It's a little device that has a resistance thing, and it actually make it, you actually watch the computer, and it, it changes the resistance like you're on the road, climbing a hill, whatever. He said it totally changed my training, so I started searching for these things. I go on to Amazon, and just like you said, the entire recommendation thing was not just that, but tangential things. Yeah that I had not necessarily thought of. Have you thought of a mat, like a, a, a fitness mat to go into the trainer to collect sweat, whatever? And I'm like, wow. How like, about a power bar and a new set of towels <laughs> and a bar of soap so, and some deodorant? So I suppose that your, your analogy is quite perfect, actually, because while I don't, that's all algorithmic and all that stuff, but that does fall into the realm of, of a machine looking at your browsing history or a program and then offering up stuff from a database. How could a person a ever do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, so that is the uh, becoming your own boss appears to be good for your health. The, the conclusion, again, was if you are unemployed or you are in between jobs, your career is changing, and you decide to go and be your own boss, there are some health benefits, but I don't think they're... They're mental but not physical, which is interesting. If you're an opportunity person and you say, I'm excited, I'm going to start my own business, and you get out and you do it, it turns out that the benefits are both mental and physical. So 
We are going to take a super quick break, and when we come back, Tim found an article that shocked me, actually, about Switzerland. Sweet, sweet Geneva, as my friends in Japan used to call it. <laughs> sweet, sweet what? Sweet, sweet Geneva. <laughs> sweet, sweet Geneva. You're going to Sweet, sweet Geneva? Geneva. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this quick break. Brought to you by the Volkswagen Atlas, with three rows and seating for seven. Life's as big as you make it. Visit VW.com to learn more. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. And in business a week, I got more money and I know what to do with. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. Herrera Rocher. He is doing well. We're going to wear him next week. Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, John Nash. Thanks for watching us live here on Facebook or on our YouTube stream. Be sure to go to focusgroupradio.com and find all of our multiple free platforms of choice. <laughs> free. Free audio, video. Lots of you, we find out more than 80% now time shift, which is... Uh, which shift away. I do the same thing. Shift away. And uh, we joked before we went to break when I used to work at uh, Subaru, my Japanese counterparts used to call Switzerland Sweet Sweet, sweet Geneva. Sweet Sweet Geneva. I have friends to this day that if they're going over there, they'll still tell me, I'm heading over to Sweet Sweet, sweet, sweet Geneva. Geneva. <laughs> but um, so even when I wrote this, I, I said the headline I said, you can go to jail for being homophobic or transphobic in Sweet Sweet, sweet Geneva. Sweet Sweet Geneva. But it's a new law in Switzerland. And uh, after I read it, I was surprised as John was as well, but Switzerland had voted to impose the strictest penalties in the world for transphobia and homophobia, putting them on par, putting the two, the two things on par with racism. And uh, so they said that it, they've made it illegal to discriminate based on gender, identity, or sexual orientation. But as you read further down, it says the move comes amidst criticism that Switzerland's landscape around LGBTQ people is really not the greatest. They don't have marriage equality, and uh, which means that same-sex couples that want to legally adopt or uh, other issues um, are not necessarily... No, is adoption, uh, welfare, taxes are, are out of the mix. They have um, civil partnership for right. same-sex couples, which surprised me. For some reason, I thought that Switzerland, Sui Sui Geneve... Sui Geneve. <laughs> Well, it's such a homogenized society. Everybody right. who visits the country has told me that they said you have to go. You have to go. I want to go. Have you been? No. I, I make it's probably the European country I make fun of the most. And and you and we never the gone. Lapdog of Europe. Or of, uh, I've Austria heard it, it's impeccably manicured, totally clean, and everything is extremely because they don't have a defense. They don't spend money on anything. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. homogenized. It reminds me of Telluride, Colorado. Right when you're that small. You it's probably to be, smaller yeah. than Connecticut. You can enact human rights laws pretty easily because everybody, it's Stepford Wives, right? Everybody thinks the same. They feel the same. It's a Stepford Wife country. Because it's I thought so, you were my friend. I thought you were my friend. If anybody knows the Stepford Wives after she stabs Don't you think it's kind of the big blue marble of countries yeah. where it's yeah. so homogenized and everybody has somewhat, they're probably all decently educated, yeah. have a sufficient income to really be able to income, live there. Yeah. And so you all probably have the same thoughts mm -hmm. in your mind. So it's easy. It's like smaller states in the U.S. probably can get civil rights laws or human rights laws passed easier. So I, I just assume Switzerland did have marriage. Uh, I was surprised about this transphobic and, and homophobic law. Yeah. Um, because that's a positive. But and the one thing you didn't mention about the law is that those found guilty of committing trans or transphobia or homophobia can face up to three years in prison. 
I wonder what the legal bar is for this. Well, I was going to say, so how, do you, how what requires being homophobic? They did, they don't say in the article. It's language, primarily language and behavior, but that's yeah, going to be an interesting. One. Yeah, so they obviously don't have a First Amendment. Sweet, sweet Geneva. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I think, I think my learning for the day, and I think every listener's learning for the day as well, is not necessarily that there's a new law in Switzerland, but that you can call Switzerland Sweet, sweet Geneva. <laughs> and that's another phrase you always use is, uh, it's the 747 stacked up on their way into... The 747's on the way into Narita. Narita, the stacked if up... Like, to, if you ever go to the Narita airport in Japan, that's all that flies in there. 747. Yeah, because you have to you fly. come from a long way yeah. to get to Japan. <laughs> Do you know, I was reading today about the Japanese passport. Do you know it's the number one passport in the world now? The Japanese passport, it's tied with Singapore. Do you have that passport? So it used to be the U.S. passport. No more, thank you, Mr. Trump. But um, the Japanese passport is the, they said, is most the most powerful, most powerful passport, meaning it can get you the most places without issue. You can get into 180 countries. You don't need visas. You don't need... Remember when you and I tried oh, to get to, to Brazil? Well, and that was because Brazil was sticking a needle in America's because eye. Because of what we did, right. Yeah. So you used to be able to just go to Brazil. You yeah. and I had to go to the embassy and the consulate and, and all the other nonsense. Stamp, stamp, stamp. 160-something yep, dollars. It was 160. So Japan and Singapore. So we've fallen down. We're, the United States is somewhere in the top 20. We're with Canada... There were two or three other countries. I think it was Canada, Austria, the United States. We could get into 154 countries. But the, the, the kingpin now, and it's the first time an Asian country has, wow. has, has made the list, or made number one. That's because all their agreements with other countries, they don't, do, they don't have to have all that stuff, right. like visas. So they let people in, let people out. And Germany is the, the number one passport to have in Europe. Europe. You can get to 179 countries. But I laugh because when you go into Japan, though, it's pretty strict. When you go through customs, even as an American... Um, it's it's no nonsense when you it's an island country and that's the only way you're getting in is either by boat or plane, you're not crossing any border, you're not swimming from North Korea. Right. So you're they're right. pretty strict about why you're here, what are you bringing, what are you doing? What are you doing. We had a whole bunch of tech equipment once. We were going to do a presentation, and they went through that stuff with a fine tooth comb. We're like, we're just bringing in an in focus projector and, but yeah, it's it's a pretty strict place, but good. I was just about to imitate a customs guy asking, can you not get a projector here? But I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do the whole voice. I had it all worked out in my head. In a cartoon you could. The cartoon could do it, yeah. Hey, by the way, did you see A Star is Born? That's the new movie with Bradley Cooper directing. Everybody's and, talking about how great it is. Did you um, see? Are you going to go Gaga. I would like to, and there's, it's got Oscar buzz. The other one that's got a lot of Oscar buzz is the new Queen biopic. About Freddie Mercury. Really? Yeah. They're, they claim that the the actor, and he was on he's a he was on Mr. Robot on USA Network. Rami Malek, Rami Malek, Remy Malek, Remy Malek. Thank you, Garrett. Uh, he's Robin got o- he's got Oscar buzz too. He's got Oscar. Did I try to French it up? Rami Malek. Did I try to <laughs> French it, it up? What was it again, Garrett? Croissant. <laughs> Croissant, Rami. You know, when our, I wish we had. I should get it. So when we were over on Sirius XM, because John learn would French. do a lot of his French, it was uh, learn French with John Ashton. It was all in. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was. This, it sounded like it was an accordion. It sounded like you're on a street Paris cafe. And if I accidentally said anything in French, someone would hit that button and it would go it learn a, French avec Jean. Yeah, but it was. It, they said it all in French. It was yeah. Apprendez-vous, apprendez-vous français avec Jean Nash. 
So while we were doing uh, the show, Brian sent us a picture of our soon-to-be-gotten swag from really? our, our Pursue Your Scoops trip. Apparently, he got his T-shirt and, and, a scoop. and an ice cream scoop. So he heard his business birthday. Yeah, he heard his business happy birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. Brian, happy birthday. All right, hey. We're going to wrap it up here, folks. Thank you for joining us today. We want to thank uh, John and Garrett. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Deep Discount. The uh, sale that we profiled this week is the under-15 Blu-ray sale. I picked... Unknown um, unknowns. Unknown, yeah, wait. The unknown known unknown about knowns. Donald Rumsfeld. Tim picked Sideways. The release... The, there's a shark that flew through. Uh, Tim picked... <laughs> Yeah, John, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, the the release this week is Hotel Transylvania 3. It's, it's good. It looks really good. Arr, the shark. And a big thanks to Volkswagen Group of America. We've been with them for nine years. Tim and I are both all-track wagon drivers. We were down in Herndon last week. What we, if a Volkswagen could fly by? <laughs> You'd have to make it like one of the older, like a, a bus. Like, like a, a bus, bus, an old VW bus. Like some, like the, what was that movie? The uh, Little, Little Miss, Miss Sunshine. Sunshine, one of your favorite movies. Uh, we want to thank all the employees down there for working with us and for recording all their uh, impressions and diversity comments. They will see that soon, actually. We're doing a little interstitial for them. So, don't text and drive. Arrive alive, and we will see you in the new week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.